The David Crowder Band was a Christian rock band that made music uh, up until a few years ago. And when I was a student in college, they were the band that uh, played music at the church that I went to. Fifteen years ago now, and when I realized that one of their albums was 15 years old, I was sobered by my own age. My own age. Um, they, wrote, they wrote an album, they put an album called Can You Hear Us? And the first song of that album is sort of a, a prayer of sorts. And so I would like for you, if you will, uh, to pray with me this morning as I share in those words. The prayer is this. I need words as wide as sky. I need a language as large as this longing inside. I need a voice that's bigger than mine. I need a song to sing you that I've yet to find. I need you, oh, I need you, to be here now and to hear me now. Lord, this certainly is my prayer But Lord, this is our prayer as your people seeking the right words today and for each day ahead. In your name we pray. Amen. This song begins an album about a relationship with God. And the cry is for words that are big enough, powerful enough, significant enough, evocative enough to describe that relationship, to nurture that relationship, to bring about something new through that relationship. And in that vein, we're going to turn to some of the biggest words in the whole of Scripture. Words from Genesis chapter 1. Now, I know this is the creation narrative, and typically we just talk about how this is all creation, and and many people will argue about seven days, or seven symbolic days, or all that kind of stuff. But I think what's really important for us to see today is how God creates. God creates through words. God creates through speech. God uses words to bring creation into being. God does this in Genesis 1. God does this through the whole of Scripture and through all of our history. Even as Mary Elizabeth and I talk with the children, they say, she says, I learn about God by talking about God with other people. God is still using words to create. And so today, through a scattered reading of some verses from Genesis chapter 1, may we see the power of words. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless, void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the face of the deep, of the face of the waters. And then God says, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light light day and the darkness night. And there was evening and there was morning on the first day. 
And then God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And so God made a dome. And it was so. And God called the dome sky. And it was good. God said, let there be waters under the sky gathered into one place and let dry land appear. And it was so. And God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing every kind on the earth with seeds in it. And it was so. And God said, let there be light. Lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them be signs for seasons, for days and for years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God said, let let waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth, across the dome of the sky. And so God created, and God saw that it was good. God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals from the earth of every kind, and it was so And finally, maybe most importantly in some ways, in verse 26, God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing of the earth. And so God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then we skip down. And God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Words matter. Now, I bet you can say a rhyme with me from when we were children, when we told one another that words did not matter. When we said sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. There's good reasons that we teach children this chant. But but what if we're on the other side of that chant? What if we're the one who is trying to use the hurtful words. We learn quite quickly that words do matter if we're the one saying the hurtful words because the teacher hears us, the parent hears us, and scolds us when we find that we shouldn't have said those words to a sibling or to a friend. And we think about that while we are in time out or when we were sent to the principal's office to do what they used to do when we were sent to the principal's office? We say words don't matter, but words do matter very, very much. Words put us in time out. Words have an impact on our self-esteem and on others' self-esteem. Words have great influence upon relationships. And words can mend, words can bless, and words can break us. So sticks and stones can break our bones, but the older we get, the more we realize, the more we learn that words do profoundly shape us. 
We must take care with our words. Now, if you are not yet convinced that words do or don't matter, how about this? You're hired or you're fired. I love you. Will you marry me? I could go on and on and on, but words do matter, don't they? They underscore things for us. They affirm us. And during times of learning and of of growth and of discovery and growing into ourselves, we need words. We need good words for us. Because words can take us somewhere else. They can get us going. Words can keep us going. They can pick us up because they have the power to tear us down. In all of life, we need good words from friends, from instructive teachers and coaches. We need kind words from supportive mentors. We need loving words from friends and family. And sometimes we do need corrective words from those who have our best interests at heart. We need powerful words, and Scripture affirms that. It starts in Genesis 1, but... But in other places in Scripture, there are places where we see how important words are. I think about the epistle of James, almost at the end of the Bible, where he writes, Look at the ships. Though they are so large, and it takes strong winds to drive a ship, they are guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot directs, so also the tongue is a member, and it boasts great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. The tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets fire the cycle of nature, and itself is set on fire by hell. James does not love the tongue Every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species, but no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth can come blessing and cursing. James warns us explicitly that we must take care with our words, shouldn't we? Spiritually speaking, we take words seriously. Those words that Frank read here, the Great Commission, go therefore into all of the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We take those words so seriously that we will spend thousands of dollars next week sending our kids out to another world called Alabama so that they can share the love of God. We take those words, that call, so seriously that we put a bathtub behind those doors so that we can baptize by full immersion people in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit as we seek to help create disciples. We take words seriously. 
And then we look to those words in Genesis. And we see the creative power in words. In Genesis 2, you can read about how God picks up the dust and forms it and blows into the dust and brings about life in a way other than words. But in Genesis 1, God says, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be a dome, and there was the sky. God says, let's make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. And so he creates humankind in his image. Male and female, he creates them. And he sees that everything that was made was very good. Your identity, a core part of who you are, should come from those words. You are created in the image of God. Because you're created in the image of God, you can know God. You can know about God. You can hear from God. And whether you are a male or a female, you are created in the image of God to be God's beloved creature. And on top of all of that, it's not until you were created that it was very good. And so in this passage from Genesis 1, we see how powerful words can be. As humans, we're created in the image of God, and so we should take seriously our words. The words we use, the words we hear, and the words that are around us. Because if we are created in the image of God then maybe our words, hopefully our words, have the power to create as well. We can certainly create joy or strife with our words. We can create healing and blessing with our words, or we can create division and pain with our words, can't we? We can create possibility and empowerment for one another with our words, or we can create stratification and significant barriers through our words. We are created in the image of God, so we have the power to create through our words. So how can we use our words to commission, to bless, to love, instead of to curse? God speaks creation into being, and since we are made in the image of God, so too can we do the same. We just need the right words, don't we? We need words like that prayer from the beginning. I need words as wide as the sky. We need a language that's as large as the longing inside. We need a voice sometimes that's bigger than ours, our own. Sometimes we need a song to sing the Lord that we haven't found yet. The prayer in this song is for words that are big enough, good enough, holy enough, and powerful enough to give to God, but to also give us assurance that God is a part of those words for those who sing it. Now maybe you've never thought about words like that. Maybe you don't think about words like that. And maybe you don't think about the biggest, most important words you can say or speak to God. 
But I hope today, in some way, that embracing more fully the reality that words matter, we might become better instruments of God's love for one another. Maybe in taking more seriously our words, we can begin to understand that the words we say, the words we think, the words we express, and maybe sometimes the words we don't say, have tremendous power, maybe even power beyond what we can imagine. I think our words matter to God, and I know that our words matter to one another. Therefore, before I conclude, I'm going to give you four ways to use words to help you and to help your relationship with God. And let me assure you, it's not going to take four more pages of sermon. But here are four, four ways to use words. First, use your words to talk to God. The words that you use, the words that you pray, you can speak them verbally or you can ask them from your head and from your heart, but use your words to talk to God, the good ones and the bad ones, the happy prayers and the frustrated prayers. God knows them already, right? You believe that. So get them off your chest and give them to the Lord. Use your words to talk to God through prayer. Second, listen to God. If you listen to the words around you, I suspect you might hear God speaking to you through some words. Now, I don't know if it's going to be like Paul on the Damascus Road, and if you don't know that story, look it up. I don't know if you're going to hear an audible voice from heaven, but I bet you if you listen, you will hear words from God. Third, look for words. We have got a huge treasure of scripture where God talks about how God works. And we believe that this is still happening, that God still works in these ways. So if God creates through words, why don't you read them? Read them and see how God is at work. And fourth, and maybe easiest or hardest, but most important, use your words to bless. It is way too easy to be cynical and to be skeptical and to be sarcastic and to be destructive with our words. And if you don't doubt that, turn on the cable news or open up your Twitter app. It's too easy to be gossipful and it's easy to be critical. And it is the way of the world. The world around us specializes in all of that. But you are God's creation and you are God's child And therefore, you have the opportunity to use your words differently. Think about it. Think about how nice it is to be affirmed and told by someone that you matter. Think about what a gift it is to be cared for and encouraged by someone else. This is using your words for creative work. When we use our words to bless and to encourage and to love each other. We are being the people that God created us to be. We are nurturing the creative relationship that God has with the world and with us. And so, by saying good words to one another, we create a world full of relationships with more hope and with more love and with more peace and with more joy. 
So fourth, use your words to bless. And if you don't want to do the other three, at least do that one. In Genesis chapter 1, God speaks creation into being. And in that, we can see the power that words have. God uses words to bring about life. God uses words to create. And we are created in God's image, so we have the chance to do the same. So we need words. We need words to say to God, and we need words from God. We need words that bring us closer to God, and we need words to say to one another so that our relationships might experience the love of God more wholly and more fully. There is a great creative power to our words today. And so the question that you are left with is, how are you going to use your words? How will you use the power that God has given you? How will you use your words to draw yourself to God and draw someone else towards God as well? How will you use your words today? Let us pray together. Gracious God and loving God, we give you thanks for this day and we give you thanks for your word and for your words. The whole of scripture is here to help us see how you work and to see how you bless and care for us. And so, Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you that you are alive and at work in and through and among us and that your words have not stopped, but they continue, that you are still speaking. And Lord, we thank you that you have given us through our words the the power to bless each other, to talk to you and to hear from you. And so, Lord, as your people today, we ask that you help us to use our words well. May we use our words to bless and care. May we use our words to strengthen and support. And Lord, use words to affirm and guide us for the living of these days that we face. We love you. We thank you for your word. And we offer these words from our heart. In the name, in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray today. Amen.